0: Hello and welcome to today's Unpacked short. I'm Charlie Pickles, and of course I'm joined by Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Peter. Uh, I'm going to start off though by apologising if I sound a little nasal. I have got a head cold, but hopefully everybody will be able to understand me. I blame Peter uh, bringing his germs into the office. <laughs> anyway, getting straight onto it. So today, uh, the Unpacked that we will be discussing is titled Coercive Federalism Has Doomed the EU. Now, Peter, we're specifically looking at what happened in Yugoslavia. Yes. And it is a piece uh, that was written for The Guardian by Ivan Krastev. Hopefully I've said that correctly. Why are we talking about Yugoslavia? Well,
1: it's an example of a state, a multinational state, um, which uh, broke up in the 1990s and obviously what resulted from that breakup uh, what caused it was a sequence of really sort of quite nasty military conflicts paramilitary conflicts um, and ever since people of a federalist pro-EU position has said look what we get in Europe if we allow nationalism to uh, to be unrestrained. We need a sort of federal approach to the different countries, different peoples of Europe, and that's the only um, guarantee of peace.
0: And the Guardian piece makes the point that actually um, in achieving uh, the overthrow of communism, it was actually the nationalists and the liberals who worked Together to do that.
1: That's right, um, and this is a really good point, and it's the nub of Krastev's um, piece, saying that actually, if you look at the fall of communism across Eastern Europe, um, it is not the case that liberalism and nationalism are necessary enemies as they're often portrayed as today. Um, actually, you had liberals and national uh, nationalists together fighting to, 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 to bring down the dictatorial regimes um, uh, across Eastern Europe. And there wasn't an obvious um, sort of division between them. And, in fact, you can look back much further than the, the sort of 80s and 90s to, well, even to the 19th century, and you see nationalism and liberalism almost indistinguishable. Um in sort of bringing forth the modern world, they're not you know nationalism isn't necessarily a fascist ideology that it's it's often portrayed as,
0: and yet that's precisely the point, isn't it? and we had a fantastic piece on the site last week by uh Paul Embry, yeah. who was effectively saying that the liberal for the liberal left, the national state is is this sort of you know, I mean, it's probably too strong to say a kind of almost an evil, but it's certainly seen as something incredibly negative. And, yes. you know, people who believe in the nation state are seen as, you know, I guess, sort of almost slightly fascist, you know, kind of certainly not enlightened in the same way yes. as liberals you know,
1: would be. You, you know, re, you know if, even if not, they're not described as outright fascists, you know, they're seen as sort of old-fashioned, reactionary, backward-looking, Closed in their attitudes, whereas um, you know the the people that are flinging out these insults have completely erased a history of nationalism as a progressive force.
0: And you make the point, Peter, um, in your piece that liberalism's rejection of nationalism is actually one of the underpinning. Uh, causes, drivers, if you like, of the populism that we're seeing sweeping through Europe today.
1: Yes, especially um, when people's quite legitimate national instincts are suppressed or divorced from the political mainstream, which gives... Extremist, uh, actual extremists, or at least, you know, sort of hucksters, the, um, the, the sort of political opportunists of this world, uh, a chance to come in and grab that territory, whereas in previous decades um, they weren't given that chance. Um, so it seems extraordinarily short-sighted and actually self-defeating of, you know, self-declared liberals to be, um, to be sort of... Uh, you know, describing nationalism in such pejorative terms.
0: And you also uh, go on to make the point, Peter, that I suppose one could say there's a slight irony in um, the sort of the fact that the EU has taken the wrong lessons because actually their behaviours are no better. So, you know, you make the argument that um, they have adopted a model of coercive Federalism, yes. which is not particularly liberal in that sense. Not
1: at all. And um, I think this is something Krestov points out, is that if you look at the Yugoslav wars of the 90s, what those were caused by were, well, actually you had the, the sort of legacy regime of, 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 of you know, the Yugoslav communists trying to stop legitimate national aspirations amongst the component states um, and and doing it violently now no one's accusing the EU of using violence against nationalists um, but there are other coercive measures um, you know threatening to withdraw aid um, threatening all sorts of sanctions um, against countries like Poland and Hungary for trying to assert some control over immigration policy um, if you look at what happened to Greece um, you know there was a referendum there about how to handle the crisis they were in that was completely disregarded um, and the Greek government you know actually a quite a radical left-wing government effectively blackmailed into doing the um, EU authorities um, austerity work for them extreme austerity um, policies on their behalf um, through you know the various uh, the various uh, pressures that can be exerted through the single currency mechanisms
0: and you also make the point um, which is one that actually David Goodhart makes in his um, book about uh, somewheres and anywheres which is that um, Surely we should recognise that for many people there will be a... stronger affinity a stronger relationship with their local communities their family with their nation state than there would be with a sort of global community but that also just because you feel a stronger affinity to the nation state and those local communities doesn't mean that you can't also respect and value and want to help other nations outside of that that's right i think we
1: should think of nations like we think of families you love your own family more than other families, but that doesn't mean you hate other families. You just have natural loyalties and familiarities. And, you know, that applies, I think that applies to, to nations. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's nothing unnatural. What's unnatural is actually forcing nations together. And if you look at some of the worst regimes of the 20th century and, and, and before that, there were often transnational, multinational, or perhaps in the case of Nazi Germany, the one nation trying to assert its domination against its neighbours. Um, what it isn't um, is one nation just trying to be itself, and there's no reason why that should be incompatible with, with liberalism. There's, there's no logic to suggest
0: that it is. Well, there we go. So the EU learnt the wrong lessons uh, from the breakup of Yugoslavia. And indeed, as history shows us, both nationalism and liberalism can live side by side very happily. Thank you very much, Peter. Another fascinating unpack. Thank you all for listening as well. Um, Please do subscribe if you haven't done so already and do check out uh, the Unpacked on the website, unheard.com, as well as Paul Embry's article and, in fact, another fascinating uh, article on the same subject or very similar uh, subject by Jonathan Rutherford. Please do tune in next time.